Alrighty, welcome back to another episode of Sentinel Sideline 365. I am your host, KB. And without me today is the old man as he is out and about traveling for the next, uh, he's traveling for the next uh, month and a half or so. So it'll just be me when we do these live, it won't just be me for the month, uh, next month or so. So get used to this face. Uh, he, maybe he'll pop in, but you never know with him. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll just keep it loose. We'll keep it, uh, keep it, try to keep it focused when he's not here because we know he likes to um, distract at times. But I'm uh, glad to have you once again tonight. Uh, if you if you're new to the channel, uh, just checking out for the first time, we appreciate you coming by. Like the video if you if you appreciate the content. If you hate it, well, thumbs it down. Uh, but we always appreciate you coming by, leaving your comments, and, and sharing it with the people uh, that enjoy Florida State. Tonight we're going to be talking about something that I am sort of passionate about that I don't think gets as much coverage as it probably should be, which is the steady well somewhat accelerate decline of Florida State basketball and the lack of priority in investing in the program. I think there's this notion that you can, you have to either be good at basketball or football. You can't be at both. And I think that's a, that's kind of a loser mentality uh, in today's day and age. I don't think you have to choose. Can we have a successful football program or can we have a successful basketball program? We can't have both. Um, I, I think it's really about resource allocation. I think that Florida State is finally getting to a place where you can achieve both. I mean, look at Alabama. They have a top five football program, and they had probably arguably the best regular season basketball team in the country this year. Now, it's hard to have those things constantly align, uh, you know, year in, year out. Um, but it, it just shows you, and, and there's multiple examples of this, that you can build quality programs of, uh, uh, on both sides of the ball. Um, and when our basketball program was good, three, you know, a couple of years ago, and, and for that run that they had of going to the NCAA tournament and having 21 seasons, our, our football team was declined. So people are like, well, we have to choose one or the other. I, I, I think that's sort of a loser mentality, uh, to be frank, and I don't think it has to be that way. So we're going to discuss that, and we're going to dive deep into it. And it's kind of concerning when you see – Unfortunately, what Miami is doing this season and how the, this run that they've gone on to the final four, I don't think and I saw that after Florida State somehow got their ninth win and beating Miami towards the end of the regular season. Uh, and, and they didn't win the tournament. I don't know if I saw Miami going on this run, but they certainly built a quality team, a very, very good team in a short amount of time. And I think they kind of came out of nowhere. The reason I can speak to it and the reason why I bring Miami up and I do the head-to-head -head comparison is because I do have connections to the program. I'm not wearing green for Miami. I'm wearing green because I am a – well, I can't really see it. Um, I am a alumni, and this may be a, uh, a breaking news, but I am an alumni of George Mason University. Uh, and as you may or may not know, one of the probably top players on Miami is Jordan Miller, who was a star at George Mason. And being a mid-major program – uh, of an alumni school or alumni of a mid-major program, I know that big programs like Florida State and Miami, they get to steal our best players. So I'm happy to see him succeed. Hate to see Miami su succeed. Uh, some in this weird, awkward position. Also, Jim Laranega was the coach of George Mason when we went on our Final Four run. You've probably heard this a million times already. Uh, if anyone was to get a statue at my school at George Mason, it probably would be Jim Laranega. He could probably get a statue at Miami now. Uh, so I think it's funny that uh, the connections I now have to this, and I hate it. It's, it's one of these tough things to watch because my school, George Mason, has not been successful in basketball since Jim Laranega left. And now look at what he's building at Miami. And now I, I can't watch either Florida State or George Mason because they both suck at basketball now. 
And that's what I want to get into today is can this be fixed? How is it fixed? And how can Florida State get back on track and compete with Miami and NIL? So I think that is truly the way back. So, so let's dive into it. Now, people are going to say, well, NIL, look at Florida State in football. Blah, blah, blah. That is not the, that's not the argument tonight. I think Florida State has finally figured out the NIL way to go with football. And they and Battle, uh, Battle Zen Collective has stepped in and filled the void because when this NIL first started in the state and with Florida State, there was three, four different organizations. I don't think they knew these organizations knew what the hell they were doing, to be honest with you. But now Battlesend has come in with an executive business type mentality and said, we'll handle this. This is what we're going to do. We're, our main goal is to retain the top talent, sign them, keep them, and keep, you know, make Florida State football successful again. Great. And I think they're doing an amazing job. Now they're publicly funding raising money to sustain that the momentum. I think it's amazing. But I don't see that investment on the basketball end. And I think that's disappointing. And now I don't know, it, it, you know, you can go to the NIL tracker. You can look up everyone that battles and is signing. I don't, I, I don't know if we're going to see the same level of commitment on the basketball front from battles End or any of these organizations at Florida State. Cause I have not seen one that says, Hey, we're, we're going to step in and we're going to start looking to retain and bring in the top talent available in the transfer portal, because there's over a thousand kids already in the transfer portal for basketball. Tournament hasn't even ended yet, but people are already jumping in, jumping out, trying to sign kids. But all you see for Florida State in terms of uh, of these collectives, uh, you know, battles then included, is is you're still seeing uh, football kids being signed. Nothing about the future of the basketball program. And that's the part that concerns me. Is who is going to step up to fill the void that the you know, uh, as much as I hate to say his name, is John Ruiz has done at Miami. I, to be clear and be upfront, I am not a John Ruiz fan. I think he's boisterous and says some things that just I, I can't comprehend them. He's a he's a Miami fan. He's a Miami guy, and I think that's to be expected. But what he's done for them is he's given them the bankroll. He he's been upfront. He's been visible about what he's doing, and he's not afraid to do it. He is backing up his mouth with money, for specifically. And he's done it not so well. I mean, what they've done for the football program has not worked out so well as, as we saw last year and have seen so far. But for basketball, for women's and men's, it has made a big impact. And, and, and that's the big difference that we're seeing so far. The, the roster they've constructed with their top three scores of, you know, Nigel Pack and, and Wong, just retaining Wong. Wong was about to step out the door and Life Wallet and Ruiz stepped in and said, hey, we're, we're going to retain you. And, and here's your package, your two-year – I forgot what it was, two-year, $400,000, whatever it was, to retain him. And you bring in a guy like Nigel Pack, and you bring in the kid from Arkansas State, the top scorers from those programs, top 25 transfers, bring them in as well, and you instantly have a Final Four roster, along with the other recruits that you're bringing in. Where is, where is the where – is, who's going to step up on the Florida State side to do that? Is it going to be Battle's End? Is Battle End going to do a spinoff or basketball-only commitments? Because as far as I'm aware, I have not seen any public signings from Battle's End basketball-related-wise. And now, and this could spin off, are they waiting for a coaching change? Are they looking? And, and, and we brought this up on a, a show two months ago. Leonard Hamilton admits that he messed up. Leonard Hamilton has said, that he underestimated the power of the transfer portal. 
that he and NIL in general, that he didn't play it right. He didn't bring in the right guys. He didn't play in the NIL the right way. And you saw what happened. And people say, oh, Florida State had injuries. And, and, and you know, that's why they lost so many games. Well, OK, let's talk about injuries. Let's 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 see if injuries were to blame this season. Now, you could say, oh, uh, you know, Baba Miller was out. Da, 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 da. Uh, when you look at the Florida State men's roster here, and, and let me make it a little bit uh, let me make it a little bit clear for you guys. Only one of their top players missed in the time outside of Baba Miller. And when Baba Miller was on the floor, it wasn't like he was lighting it up either. I mean, he played 15 games. I get he had to sit out most of the season, so there may have been some rust there. But it wasn't like he was, once he got on, he was LeBron mode and, and averaging 18-plus points per game. But let's let's make that clear. But look at the core of your roster. Your top players, Darian Green, Caleb Mills, uh, Cameron Corn, your, your freshman right here, Jalen Warley, another freshman, Matthew Cleveland. Your top, Chandler Jackson, Dante Green, missed a couple of games there. But most of your key guys outside of Cameron Fletcher, which is, I get that, that is a bigger loss. But most of your most of your core roster was there for 25 plus games, 20 plus, 24 plus games. And you only won nine. This was a horribly coached and horribly inefficient team this season. But let's get that straight. And you only brought in two recruits, two transfers. Who didn't have much of a uh, much of a impact on this team last season, and so that brings me back to the whole point of look at what Florida State did in the offseason and the way they constructed their roster, going from and this is a steady decline, right? Florida State the last what three seasons I believe it is has gone from twenty five wins, gone sorry thirty seven wins in 08, uh, 18 to nineteen, thirty one wins. 25 wins or sorry let me let me back up so their top the last time they had close to 29 wins was the 18-19 season then you had 19-20 26 wins then you followed it up with 18 wins 17 wins and now we're at 19. you have had five consecutive seasons i know the 2020 season you have covid it was a short season but i don't think you're reaching 25 plus wins in that season either you could you could argue that they were off to a hot start regardless that's five consecutive years, at minimum four consecutive years of declining returns, declining production, concluding in one of the worst seasons in Florida State history. The last time they didn't reach 10 wins, this is the first time Lennon Hamilton hasn't reached 10 wins in his career at Florida State. Minimum 10 wins, the first time in his career. Yet, we're all, all their articles everyone 20 you know all the florida state articles are saying you know he he they're already reaching out to recruits leonard hamilton's going to give it another go why why do we put the trust back onto leonard hamilton that he can turn this around what why do we have so much faith that leonard is the guy to be able to do this some would say that after he lost dennis gates and started to lose his assistance that's when the production started to started to fall off look at look at the job dennis gates is doing at missouri what, if you could not make the trade right now, would you say gracefully resign, Leonard? Let's go make a run at Dennis Gates. Not, I don't think well, with the extension he signed and I, with the position he's in, I don't know if he would take the job. But I, I don't see any of these options being brought up right now. It, it's it's kind of sad that we're in a position where we're kind of settling for the status quo. There's no. It's like let's give it another run, guys. We got what's in place because I think the mentality of most fans at Florida State is 
It's just basketball, right? It's just basketball. And with that mentality, the recruits that you used to be able to get two or three years ago are no longer going to come to Florida State. Because unlike football, the brand does not carry value in the basketball realm. You have to be consistently getting on TV, making results, making a tournament, and making a deep run. And, and think about it. Florida State's made one run to the Final Four in, 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 in the entire program's history. Miami now is in the Final Four. My, my alumni, George Mason, has made one run to the Final Four. It's tough to get to the Final Four. Uh, it, it, you know, it is very tough to make it that far. But in his entire tenure with Florida State, Leonard Hamilton, with all the nine – Florida State has nine active players in the NBA. That is – I think that's tied for eighth most in, in, of all college – of all universities. So that shows you that talent has come through this program. He's recruited talent. But not once has Leonard Hamilton made it to a Final Four in his tenure at Florida State. Not once has he gotten past the regional semifinals of the tournament. Why are we settling for subpar, right? Is it because, I get it, he's a legend at Florida State. I get it. He's brought the program back to just somewhat no, to notoriety, to be competing in the AC. I get that. I respect that. He should always be revered at Florida State. But at some point, you have to move on while the job is still wanted, right? If we go another, if we have another five, nine win season, another 12 win season, this job no longer becomes an ideal situation in the ACC. And when you think about it, the ACC is the position where it's kind of up for grabs. You have Miami, one of the top programs in the school, and with the NIL and transfer portal, UNC do kind of not. You know, Duke play, turned their season around. UNC, you know, didn't even make the tournament. The Blue Bloods aren't the Blue Bloods of old. Wake Forest is still trying to figure it out. Clemson's, a, you know, one of the top tier teams in the league as well, and they're, you know, they're they're competitive. This this league is up for grabs. And if Florida State is, you know, if Florida State actually wants to be attractive to one of these power conferences. Do you not think that they kind of look at how the performance of the basketball team does? The probably a number two sport at a university to drive revenue. I know the big, I know the big, uh, big 10 does. I know they respect their basketball programs. SEC, maybe not as much, but look at Alabama now. Look at the investment those teams are making into it. So what I'm saying is that we cannot hold on to the past so long that it affects our future, if that makes sense. So I just do not get why we're expecting Leonard Hamilton to change his mentality. And then this goes into the mentality of guys like Jim Beheim, who finally had to step out of the way because he literally said, unlike Pittsburgh, unlike Wake Forest, unlike other schools, we don't buy our teams. He said that after a loss, after a press, we do not buy our teams. He's like, our players make like 20K NIL money total. We don't buy our teams like other players, uh, like other schools. Well, sorry, Jim. That's how it works nowadays. To get the top talent to compete, you have to be able to facilitate those deals. And Jim, you know, Syracuse has been in trouble for a lot of other things, so it's not like they run a squeaky clean program. But that is some of that older mentality that I think is ingrained in some of these old school coaches. And I think may be ingrained a little bit in Leonard Hamilton. And that's not to say that older coaches can't adjust. Leonard Hamilton and uh, Jim Laranega, Miami's head coach, are both in their 70s. 
Leonard Hamilton was at George Mason, like I said, my alumni, and created a powerhouse in terms of a mid-major mid-major school. Built them pre-NIL, pre-transfer portal, built that program and beat the likes of you know, UConn, major programs to get to the Final Four before all this stuff. Makes the transition, goes to the ACC, goes to Miami, builds back up a powerhouse, adjusts, works with Ruiz, brings in the top players. And look what they've done. So it's not to say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. It's you've got to be willing to learn new tricks. And I am not sure if Coach Hamilton is willing to learn new tricks. Because he may say, well, I, I did it this way for so long. I, I was able to get these NBA guys, didn't have to pay them anything. Why am I going to have to do it now? Or I'm, I'm 74. Why, why am I doing this? But Jim Laranega, 70, 70 years old, 71. Look what he's done, the researches he's done by utilizing the tools now available to him. And that is the thing that should be pissing off Florida State fans, is that our rivals are doing the same thing that we should be able to do. And why are we not looking at Battle's End and looking at all these NIL collectives say, what are you guys doing to help move this program along? Whether that's saying, hey, AD, in order for us to do these deals, we need to get a new coach in here who's willing to work with us or willing to facilitate these deals. Because I'm telling you, there's a it's either a holdup on the NIL side or it's a holdup on the coaching side because something is not moving or allowing us to get the right players into this program. And, I, and I'm not saying, too, that coaching is up to snuff either, but something is slowing down the process and something needs to change because we cannot fall farther behind basketball-wise in the NIL realm. We have to start competing before the likes of Duke and UNC, they figure things out because we're, we'll, we'll literally be in the dumps It'll be too late because, like I said, this brand does not carry weight for long in basketball. In football, it does. You can be a garbage for three three wins, five wins, and still be able to get into some of these homes. But if Florida State wins 12 wins consistently in basketball, you are not going to be able to carry that same weight in kids' homes anymore. And that's the fact. So let me let me go through uh, uh, comments we got here. Coach Sam had a good run but needs to go change now. Yeah, I, I would agree with you there. I, I think that, like I said, I'm just surprised that more of our media outlets and our media teams are just like, hey, let's give it another one to Coach Ham. When we've shown that productivity and win rate has gone down five straight years, it's not getting better. It's not like this was a one-year thing, guys. One year, you know, bad portal picks, didn't get the right guys, injuries. Every year, fans of Florida State are saying, oh, we got injuries this year, guys. We got injuries. Every team has injuries. That's why you have to have a team of eight players, depth-wise, who can come in and, and, and make an impact. Florida State had one guy, one and a half guys that couldn't play. It's not injuries, guys. It's five straight years of declining productivity. Something has to change in this program. And that's why we have to look at Michael Alford, too, to say, what are you doing to address this issue? Are you having a sit down with Coach Ham and the staff and saying, guys, what, what, what is, what, how are we going to address this in the portal? Are we working with our collectives? Are we working to bring the next best guys in the transfer portal to Florida State? Or are we not willing to compete? Do we not have the money to compete? And that's why I wish Battle's End and these, these, pro, these collectives were more transparent about what they were doing. That's the, only, that's the only thing I'll give Ruiz credit for is his transparency. The guy will tweet out how much money he's giving to 
Uh, one example here, I, which I like, you could say this is crazy. But this is an example of something he tweeted out one time where he was just like gloating about how much money he's giving a player. Hey, we're, you know, Life Wallet, his company, has signed this player to a two year, $800,000 deal. Star player on their team this season, but he's promoting their ability to give money to players. When have you when have you seen as much transparency on the Florida State front? Doesn't I, I I know this? Like I said, I'm not a Ruiz fan. I am not his fanboy, but we're not seeing this level of commitment from Florida State Collective to say, "Hey, we're gonna we're bringing in X Y Z star top ten transfer for X Y Z," and that so that attracts more players to come to this program because nobody wants to come to a nine win Florida State team right now. Who would? Who would want to come to this disaster train wreck right now? With a with a coach who admitted he lost control, did he dropped the ball? It, it, it's scary. Something has to change. Whether it's a head coach, get a younger coach in here who understands how to play this game, or a veteran coach who has shown that he's ability to adjust in this environment. But this is a transparency you'll never get from Florida State Collectors. I know that. But we need some level of commitment or some statement from these organizations that says we are committed to investing in our basketball programs. Because we cannot just let this program wither out and die. It's not fair to the athletes who are in it. It's not fair to the athletes who came through it and committed to it in the past. And I, and I, think, it's, I think it's kind of sad to see. Uh, more comments here. No info is coming out from the official FSU media site about any basketball news. Yeah, the only thing I've seen is that you'll see, oh, here's here's who's Florida State is contacting, you know, uh, 24-7 Sports had an article about who Florida State was reaching out to and the transfer portal, stuff like that, which, te which tells me that they're retaining Flinders Hamilton. He's back for another season. And, and that's that's somewhat disappointing to me. If I was Florida State, I have zero confidence that Flynn Hilton can win 20 games again in his career. I just don't think it's going to happen. And if he and we have another losing season, this coaching position is no longer going to be attractive to anybody because you will have a mass exodus of transfers out of the program, your top recruits. And the person coming into this will have nothing left. You should get somebody into this program now that still has players to play with and build around before there's nothing left in the cupboard for them. And that's why I think this will backfire in the administration's face if they don't deal with the issue now. But only time will tell. So I don't want to keep reiterating. I don't want to keep saying the same points. But I think at this point in time, we are falling more and more behind NIL-wise for basketball with Miami than anywhere else. I think football, they got the right setup. They got the right connections. Battle Zen is a leader there. They've, they've basically consolidated everything for the basketball end. They got the players on board. They're focused on retention, which is great. But we're talking about for basketball, we need to invest in three guys a year, three or four guys a year, maybe, high-end money. And we have not seen that. And that's where we're falling behind. Ruiz is willing to throw up money, both programs, to women's basketball and men's basketball. And look to the success. He's willing to do that. We either need a mega donor like that, or we need Battlezen to finally step up to the plate. Maybe not Battlezen, maybe somebody else, maybe a new organization that just does basketball to say, we're willing to do this. 
And I don't want the argument in this chat to say nobody cares about basketball. Nobody cares about basketball. Okay, tell that to Alabama. Tell that to Miami. Tell that, you know, you can't just say, oh, well, we beat you on the football field. Well, if Miami goes and wins a national championship, you won't hear the end of that. You will not hear the end of that if Miami goes in and wins a national championship this year. Because it doesn't matter. Football and basketball drive revenue. And they bring a S ton of money to your program. And that's why Florida State needs to invest in it. And you cannot say it has to be one or the other. You can do both. And I just gave you, I just gave you Alabama. Look at all the SEC schools. Look at Kentucky. Look at how they can run both programs. The examples go on. Like I said, they will. I'm not saying you have to make a Final Four every single season, but you need to be competitive. Look at Clemson. Look, if we cannot even compete with the likes of Clemson, we're in trouble. So that's all I got to say right now. Thank you, old number. AD Alfred needs to take immediate action. I don't think he is. I, I think that ship has sailed. They're already looking at recruits, stuff like that. Maybe they're waiting for the tournament to end. They're making a run at the guy at FAU. Like I said, we're falling behind at FAU. And now I know most of his is grassroots development of players and retention just through, uh, you know, just through retaining and developing guys who are under the radar. But that's, that's a direction you could take this program to say, let's grab a guy out of Boca Raton who knows how to develop players because I think that is – where Leonard Hamilton built this program was taking players and getting the most out of them. And now if you take a guy like that who can develop players and also use cash to get the best players, I mean, I think you have a win-win scenario. Why are we not talking about the guy at FAU? And maybe they are. Maybe they're talking behind the scenes about we're going to make a massive offer to the guy, uh, the coach at FAU after the tournament's over to see if they pull this thing off. But they need a guy like that who can not only develop talent, but can attract it with the tools necessary from NIL, NIL side. So that's all I got to say. If you agree with me, let me know. If you disagree with me, if you think Leonard Hamilton's the guy and he can turn this back around, make his program a 20-win program a season after season, let me know. If you don't, if you think Florida State isn't behind Miami, if you think this is a, a blip and they'll figure it out, let me know. I want to hear your thoughts. So thank you again, everyone. This has been Simple Sonic 365. Have a great rest of your day, and uh, we'll see you soon. Take care.